0: Turning your Bible to Proverbs tonight, we're going to conclude our wisdom emphasis for this month. Uh, even though I've, I've got, we've got three. How many more days? Four more days of uh, until January's over. Can you believe that's happened already? That we're nearly completely through the first month of 2016. It goes by so uh, at such a breakneck speed. But I want to tell you something, I have gained God's wisdom in my life a little bit, uh, and, uh, and I, I can't tell you that I have been great at, at seeking after the wisdom of God this month, even though I've done a daily devotional and led a daily devotional, and people from really all over the world, I don't know, not a lot of people, but I've got missionaries and people who are watching my morning uh, little insights, uh, uh, the January journey through the Proverbs, and uh, but I'm finding God's wisdom in my own life, and I hope that's been the case with you. And so let's finish up tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a little review, uh, and then I'm going to give you some simple added thoughts uh, about uh, uh, the characteristics of a wise uh, uh, heart, and, of the wise in heart. And so let's pray together before we read this passage, and let's ask the Lord even now, as James said, ask God for wisdom. Father, in faith today, we bow our heads, and we know we need wisdom. You said if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we ask you today for wisdom in our life. And We ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom, Lord, beyond our years, and the wisdom of God to, to press forward into the destiny of God for our life. We have faith. We don't doubt you. And we trust you that you're going to do it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Have you ever been in a good old-fashioned quandary? Anybody know, you've been in a quandary? Anybody not know what a quandary is? You just don't know which way to go, what to do, what, what to pick, you know, left or right, up or down. I'm in a quandary. Well, I want to tell you something. God has the answer to all life's questions. God has the answer to the quandaries of life. We've just got to seek after the wisdom of God in our life and ask Him to give us wisdom. And so, that's why we began this year the the way we did. Uh, Proverbs 4, let me just give you the context. The first, oh, let's read the first seven verses. This is where we've kind of been our springboard. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. That word instruction, by the way, means correction. And give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and and the only one in the sight of my mother... He taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the what thing? The principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. And everybody said... Amen. Just some quick review. Uh, This word principle here is the same word as Genesis 1, in the beginning. That's the same exact word. Uh, uh, In all you're getting, get wisdom. It is the beginning place. It's the starting place of life. How many of you look back over life and wish you'd learned some things a lot earlier? And you realize, man, I missed it. I should have listened. I should have gone this way. It's the top pri- it should be the top priority of our life to gain God's wisdom. And that word get means to erect, create, or procure by purchase. In other words, you don't get it just by asking for it. You get it by cooperating with God and following through with His Word and searching for it and seeking after it and asking for it as well. So we developed, this is my little plan. I encouraged all of us to do this. Read through the Proverbs. Everybody say, read through the Proverbs. And receive things. Just let them speak to you. You know, each Proverbs ha- ha- have a lot of thing. Each chapter has a lot of different thoughts. And I'm unbearably, uh, undoubtedly will find one or two that really help me. In fact... These last few days, I've been applying some of them that I've learned. And, and, in, and in certain situations, I went, oop, this was yesterday's proverb right here. I've got a, this is how you respond to this situation. Uh, and I've applied those in my life. I've received them into my heart, and then I respond to them obediently, and I'll uh, activate them by my willingness. And then I'm in the middle of always requesting God. Lord, give me wisdom. And let me just say to you, Uh, in in the quandaries of life the first place we need to go is to the word of god and to the place of prayer and ask god for wisdom don't spin your wheels don't grind the gears if you will and trying to shift gears and get somewhere when really you need to push in the old prayer clutch if you anybody here a couple sundays ago the old prayer clutch Uh, four in the floor, amen, push in that clutch and pray about it. Don't worry about it, pray about it, and God will speak to us, amen. He'll give us wisdom, amen. So with that in mind, uh, here's just a little snapshot, and this is all I've given you the last three weeks. Uh, In fact, this is the, uh, the fourth week, I think, that I've talked about this on Wednesday night, maybe even just the third uh, uh, just a little simple snapshots about how we gain God's wisdom. Uh, and there, there's nothing uh, profound other than just hearing it, listening to it, seeing it, and obeying it. So here's where we've been. We gain God's wisdom, and, and really, the, here's the definition. You remember the definition of wisdom? The ability to live life skillfully. The ability to, everybody say that. The ability to live life skillfully. That's wisdom. Here's where we talked about. Here's some things from Proverbs that we learned that we need to appropriate in our life that'll help us gain God's wisdom. Uh, we've got to, we've got to, we gain God's wisdom by God's correction in our life. We gain God's wisdom by allowing Him, uh, that's discernment. Discernment. Pastor Sam is a misspeller. Everybody say discernment by discernment and then by opening up our ears to hear what he says to us uh, and by be willing to be taught the word. How I many of you know there's some people just aren't teachable. They think they got it all figured out. In fact, uh, you know, they, it doesn't matter what you say. They, they, they've already been there and done that and bought the t-shirt uh, and that's really, uh, that's, that's a lack of wisdom which is, by the way, the Bible and Proverbs gives it a name. What's it called? Fool. Somebody say Foolish. It's true. Uh, And we all got a little of that in us. We're wanting to get less of that in us uh, or get more of that out of us and more of God's wisdom in us. We learn to gain God's wisdom by reverencing Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. And that fear of the Lord is not, I'm afraid of Him. It's a reverential awe and respect for Him. And who he is and what he's done. We gain God's wisdom by valuing what he has to say. We've found proverbs in scripture that says his wisdom is more precious than gold and silver. And so we've got to value. You see, the reason, uh, people don't read the Bible is because they don't understand how valuable it is to their life. Amen. They value God's Word and wisdom. And then we gain God's, this is all we've we've talked about, we've gained God's wisdom by humbling ourselves. We learn that humility is an open door for the wisdom of God. How many of you know God's not going to give wisdom to arrogant, prideful people? I thought of this statement. This is not in your notes. I thought of this statement. And I know a lot of smart people Who are a lot smarter than me, but they are arrogant and prideful. They're not humble. I think you can be really smart and be humble, but I think you can also be really smart and be prideful and arrogant. But I don't think you can be wise and be arrogant at all, according to Scripture. You have to be humble. The wise person is a humble person. And so I'd like to be both. I'd like to be smart and wise because I believe there's a difference you know, wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. Smart is having, hey, a lot of head knowledge and the capacity uh, to chew you up with facts and figures about this, that, and the other. Uh, but wisdom is the ability to apply God's word in our life and live skillfully and righteously before him. And all God's people said, amen. So that's where we've been. Let me give you three more ways according to scripture. And I, am sure if we had time, we'd go through Proverbs and other passages and find you a lot of words to think about. Again, let's just giving you a little small snap, snapshot of how we gain God's wisdom in our life. Uh, and, and some of it is, 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 uh, there's bleed over and there's crossover and all these thoughts. And that's what makes it good. Uh, the, the ninth thing that I want to share with you uh, tonight on how we gain God's wisdom is by yielding. Someone say the word yielding. Now, you, you, you yield all the time when you're driving down the road, right? At least you're supposed supposed to. <laughs> Wisdom would, would require you to, to yield when you see a yield sign. Are you with me? All right. And so the, the Scripture teaches us that yielding... And that is giving way to God in your life and allowing Him in, in different areas of your life produces God's wisdom. Let me give you three ways that we see in Scripture. And if you're in Proverbs, we'll, we'll, we'll be close there around the front. So just right around the first of Proverbs. We, we should learn to be yielding to His instruction. His teaching in our life. We've already talked about this, but let me show it to you in and, and, uh, Proverbs 3, 1 through 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. See, now, that's what we're talking about. We talked about the heart uh, here a while back. It's, a, it's, it's it, Yielding is an issue of the heart. Yielding to the governance of God is an issue of the heart. Uh, and so we yield our hearts to his word and will, his teaching for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your what? Heart. And so we, we live a life. We gain God's wisdom by learning to yield to him in every area of our lives. Certainly yielding to his instruction and certainly yielding to his direction He has direction. You need to understand something. God knows the way you need to go. Look at your neighbor and say, God knows the way you need to go. He really does. When you're thinking about, you know, Beverly and I, you know, we're we're in the middle of a transition. We're in the middle of a shift, and uh, and we're we're looking at different houses, and we're trying to be wise and 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 trying to be good investors rather than just you know. I, I, there's some houses I could buy right now that four or five years from now, if I wanted to sell them, I'd get about what I paid for them. Uh, but there's also some properties that if I get them at the right price, three or four years from now or two years from now, when I sell them, did you know by the way you could live in a house two years and sell it and I have to pay tax on the profit you didn't know that didn't you okay some people do that they live in the house two years uh, and they're investors and they get a good deal live in it two years sell it make a profit and it's tax-free money I love that how many of you love tax-free money? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay, and so I'm trying to learn to do that here in this, in this moment. I'm not, I'm not looking for the house I'm gonna live in for the rest of my natural life, even though I might. I'm looking for a property that I can get at a great deal and in a couple of years sell it and make me some good old American US of A dollars. Amen, anything wrong with that? No, and so God has direction for me. Amen. And he will direct our paths, not just financially. He'll direct our paths spiritually, uh, uh, relationally. He has a plan. Look in Proverbs 3, 6. He said, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall want direct your path. And, and here's another one. He'll make it smooth. That word direct, make it smooth and straight. He'll show you the way to go. How many of you would like, how many of you, I would rather be on the smooth, straight road, and if it's a narrow road, it certainly it is that God has for me, than wandering aimlessly through life, bumping and grinding the gears, trying to figure out what I want to do, and somehow get God to bless it. We yield to His direction in our life, His instruction in our life. And number three, we yield to His correction in our life. You know, when he corrects us, the, in fact, the scripture says uh, uh, that he, those who he loves, he corrects, he rebukes, he chastises. Proverbs 3.11, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, what does he do? He corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so we yield to the correction of God in our life. Because if he's correcting us, here's what we need to know. If we come under the correction of God and uh, we know that there's something wrong and what he's wanting to do is fix what's wrong. If we're, if we're lost, Running to and fro. He gives direction. In all our ways, acknowledge him. Listen, wherever you are today, if you'll stop and begin to acknowledge him, I don't care if you're way off course. He's got the best GPS system on the planet earth. If you've got lost, if you've gone miss, if you've done gone silly and went off and and done your thing and messed things up, made decisions that were wrong, if you'll just begin to acknowledge that and acknowledge him and yield to him, he'll give you direction. He'll give you correction. He'll give you instruction. You just have to say, Yeah, Lord, I receive it. Hallelujah. Because you love me today. And you care for me. Just like a father cares for his son. We gain God's wisdom in our life by yielding to Him in every area in our life. This is just three thoughts here from the, these passages. But gosh, in so many areas, you need to ask yourself, Am I really yielded to the governance of God in my life? when it comes to every area of our life, am I really yielded to the governance of God in my life? We gain God's wisdom by yielding. Number 10 in this journey uh, to gain God's wisdom, we gain God's wisdom by prioritizing our life. Priorities, how many of you know everybody has priorities? If I took up everybody's checkbook or bank statement today and began to put it up on the screen, we had began to see people's priorities, right? Because of what we, what we tend to spend our money, the, our priorities. We all have priorities. We have financial priorities. We have educational priorities. We have family priorities. But God has some priorities for us. In fact, how many of you know uh, a proper priority is not family, God, work, and play or whatever. It's God, family, and then going down the line. How many of you know he's in charge? And let me just throw this out. A lot of people get those two flipped up, flip-flopped. They get family first and God second. Let me tell you something. If you get those first two messed up, you're messed up. I don't care how much you love your family. If you get those two messed up, you're just messed up. <laughs> you're messed up, man. Because if you get family first and you try to put God in there in second, he's the one in charge of family. Okay, he's the one who made family. That's why you, you know, God all God ever wanted was a fa- to be a father. He's a, he's our heavenly father. He don't want to be your boss and your master and your and, and, and your the corrector and the he wants to be your heavenly father. And and family is priority. He's in charge the prioritizing of our life. And and when it comes to gaining God's wisdom, it has to be top priority. Let me show you Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. These are all verses we've read three or four or five times, but I want you to see it when you think about the priority of God in our life. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice, for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, there's priority. In other words, if you will prioritize gaining God's wisdom in your life, more so than money and things. Okay. Guess what? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom. Everybody say for the Lord gives wisdom. But it has to be the priority. Our priorities have to be straight. okay? And boy, in this world we live in, it's, it's hard to get your priorities straight, isn't it? Man, I mean, uh, when I was growing up, there wasn't all these other things to, to, to gain our attention. And divert us away from the priority of God for our life. But now we've got to return to right priorities. And that's back to verse uh chapter four, verse seven, that priority. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. It's the beginning ground. It should be top priority in our life. When we wake up in the morning, think about it this on a daily basis. When you get up in the mornings and you get going in life, let me tell you something. One thing you need uh to get you through the day is God's wisdom in everyday dealings. It, it, and he'll give it to you. But you've got to posture yourself where he's top priority. And I've learned, I'm, well, let me just back up. I'm learning. You better watch out when you say you've learned something. Because there's always a test. There's always a test. And so I'm learning, Lord, I'm learning. I, I, I don't know if I'm ready for the test, but I'm learning. I'm learning uh, that in all my dealings, when especially when it comes to decisions and things that, I, Lord, I need your wisdom. There are times in my life when I think, that what does the script, the Proverbs say? Uh, you know, man looks to his own understanding and it may or may not be right, but God has understanding our understanding will dis- deceive us and mislead us. Our insights, we need God's wisdom. It's got to be top priority in our life. I would encourage you in your prayer time just to make that just a part of your everyday morning prayer. God, in all my ways, Lord, let me find your wisdom in, in dealing with, with you, with others, with myself, with financing. Man, He'll lead you into the way of blessing. We prioritize our life and, and keep it a top priority. Uh, and all, all God's people said, "Amen." Here's another one: We we find God's wisdom, we gain God's wisdom by attending. Look in chapter five, verse one. If you're a Twitter fan, I bet. Let's just see. For, for I'm not a big Twitter. Fan. I, I do tweet. Everybody, anybody here tweet? Very few tweeters. It was the big thing. A little few. I tweet every once in a while because uh, some people don't watch my Facebook so I tweeted a little thought about this and I'll share it with you my son pay attention to my wisdom have you as a parent ever had to tell your kids hey say it with me pay attention has your boss ever had to tell you, hey hey, pay attention has your spouse ever while they're trying to talk to you whether to he or a she ever, hey hey Put the remote down. You're staring off into oblivion. I'm talking to you. Pay, pay attention. Everybody said pay attention. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. I had an old Baptist pastor friend. He was, my, well, he, was, he was my pastor. He told a story once back. Anybody remember fizzies? Everybody that does not know what a fizzy is, raise your hand. Look at these helpless people. A fizzy? Fizzy was like an Alka-Seltzer, but it had flavor to it. You just put it in water, and fizzy, and you had flavored carbonated water. It was pretty, pretty pathetic, but kids loved it. Okay, so now you know what a fizzy is. You know what an Alka-Seltzer does with with you put a little water in it. Man, it goes crazy. So, my Baptist pastor friend had a deacon. Always he'd get, to, he, he never would pay attention. About two thirds into the message, the old deacon would do the. So Brother Milam Fields, who was a pretty rascally preacher pastor, he brought a fizzy to church. And while he's a preaching, he walks down and sticks it in Brother So-and-So's mouth, and he starts foaming at the mouth. <laughs> what was he saying to him? Pay attention. Pay attention. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Now, here's why you better pay attention. Let's let's look here. lend your ear to my understanding that they may preser- that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil but in the end she is bitter as wormwood. I could keep on going. It'll scare the wajibis out of you. Uh, and what he's saying is you better pay attention to the word. You can't stumble off into stupidity. And if you don't pay attention, you will stumble off into stupidity. And do something really stupid that will, well, in fact, I don't know if it's this passage, it may chapter 7. Uh, one of those where he wanders off, yeah, it's chapter 7, it's kind of the same scenario. The The simpleton wanders down the wrong street and ends up in the wrong house with the wrong woman doing the wrong thing. And it says, he did not know it would cost him his life. There's always a cost. So that's what David, pardon me, that's what uh, 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 Solomon is saying. Hey, you better pay attention. Now, do you think his daddy loved his son well enough to tell him about his mistakes with Bathsheba? Sure, he did. We don't know how well he applied them in his life because how many wives did Solomon have? I don't know. You know, how did that happen? I can't, I can hardly take care of one. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. that's another lesson, by the way. But hey, paying attention. Here's what I tweeted something along these lines. There's a plague of spiritual ADD running rampant throughout God's people. Attention Deficit Disorder, there's there's spiritual ADD, there's so many things reaching out and grabbing us, good things, even, and some bad things, this, that, and the other, and we get, we're, we're, we're uh, a culture now that if you, if you can't say it in just a few words and characters, then, then we're lost, and oh, the preacher, he better not go over 30 minutes, because we just can't take that, that's, that's information overload, because if you can't give it to us in a, you know, a couple of simple jokes in a scripture, and get us out you know in 25 30 minutes we just oh, we we can't take you know a good sound dose of this because we are we are uh, conditioned for very little info before we start shutting down and before our spiritual ADD starts kicking in I'm not making fun of ADD, but hey, I'm bringing out a point with the spiritual... Man, I'm telling you, you battle it, I battle it. You get in here, I'll just say on Sunday morning, man, you look at your clock, it's about 10 till 8, spiritual ADD starts kicking in because your condition, I can't think. You just get all cranky and and start getting distracted and, and you lose focus. And it doesn't happen just in church. It happens on Saturday mornings, Friday morning. When you get up in the morning, your brain goes... It says... Now, Jim's done. He's retired. Jim's just goes... <laughs> but all those people who got business going on... And you've got to learn. My son... Pay attention. Don't do something stupid. (laughs) Because if you don't pay attention, you will do something very stupid. It's the truth, right? And so we attend. We're, We're paying attention to where we are and God's wisdom in every circumstance and every situation. We gain God's wisdom. We gain it by embracing his correction, his discernment, and hearing. We open up our ears to hear by learning, by reverencing, by valuing, by remembering, by humbling, by yielding, by prioritizing our life, and by attending, by paying attention. And keeping control of our thoughts. What did Paul say? Is it Philippians or Col- Colossians? I get I think it's Philippians 4. Whatever is good, right? Just holy. Think on these things. Be in charge of your thoughts. Pay attention. Everybody say, pay attention. Look at two or three people say, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Amen. Now, uh, let me shift gears a little. <laughs> Y'all never think about standard transmission the same ever again. Let me shift gears. Uh, uh, just a little bit, and I'm going to give you the characteristics of the wise in heart. The characteristics of the wise in heart. Everybody, say shift gears. Why? Uh, uh, let me just throw this out to you. We had some visitors Sunday, and I, I was thrilled. They, they just were thrilled with our, with our with you. They were thrilled with you. They let me know they loved church, and they found us on the internet and and looked up the website and and watched. Last Sunday's message, Sunday a week ago, where we talked about shifting gears. And so they, uh, they just connected, and then, and then when they were here, I connected with them. You connected with them. They connected, and so I connected with them on Facebook. He sent me a little video. I don't know if it was him, but it was a, it was a, it was a the picture it was a big diesel truck. It was just a, a guy shifting gears. You couldn't see anything but his hand. Like 19 gears in this truck. I don't know how many there were. He was just shifting gears. In the, he said, man, I just had to send this to you. Everybody go, Let me shift gears now. The characteristics of the wise in heart. Now, again, some of these are just going to kind of overlap, but this will give you a snapshot of what people who are wise look like. This will be the hope of your heart, right here. Okay, are you ready? Number one, the characteristics of the wise in heart. They're healthy. This is a this is a Biblical principle. Uh, look in Proverbs 3, 1 through 7 again. Uh, let me show it to you. Proverbs 3, 1 through 7. Uh, let's just um, go down to uh, uh, verse 7 after. Yeah, let's just get verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. In other words, the wisdom of God will make you what? Healthy. Now, look over in uh, Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And what? Health. To all their what? Flesh. You see, the wise in heart live a healthy life. Let me break it down for you. Somebody say, break it down for me, Pastor. I'm going to break it down for you. They're spiritually healthy. 3, verse 18. She is a tree of life, speaking of wisdom, to those who take hold of her. That speaks of spiritual life. She's a tree of life to those who take a hold of our spiritual health. And then as we read uh, in verse 8 of chapter 3, I believe physically we can stay healthy by the wisdom of God. How many of you know there's a whole lot of things that that we do that are not very smart and they're not very wise, Uh, but then there's things we can do that are wise that makes us more physically healthy. I'm just going to move on there because I've been preaching to myself right there a little bit. But understand something God's wisdom will teach you how to get healthy. Amen. And then there's financial health. The wise in heart are financially healthy. Look, Look at the after effects of this. Health to their flesh and strength to their bones in chapter 3, verse 8. Then he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You see, God, that's what I want to do. I, let me tell you something. Uh, that's what I told Beverly uh, over a month ago when we were about to sell our house. Uh, you know, we start trying to figure that and she's, what are we going to do with the dogs? I'm telling you what, they just love it over at Stacy's house. I don't know if they love it, but the dogs love it. And they're learning to love it. It's working out. It's what family does. We're family. They're taking care of our dogs. And you know what we're doing? We're, we're endeavoring to, to, to be wise and be financially healthy in every area. And you know what, two or three years from now, I want to be more financially healthy than I am right now. You say, well, I wonder what the, you know, financial world's going to do. I don't know, man. Oil, I'm just happy that gas is $1.50. I know the people in the oil industry are not happy that it's $1.50. A lot of people lost their jobs. I don't know all about that. All I can tell you is I'm just going to do my part, my best to be financially wise and financially healthy as especially in these latter years of my life where I can enjoy life and be more of a blessing than ever before. Amen. Wise at heart, are, they're spiritually healthy, they're physically healthy, they're financially healthy, and they're emotionally healthy. Verse 21 and 22 uh, chapter three, my son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they so so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Your soul, according to a, a New Testament, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. These this this word of God, this wisdom of God, provides us not only spiritual health, but emotional health, mental health. Uh uh, uh just Uh, With every area of our life, we get healthy when we gain God's wisdom. Amen. And let me give you one more. People who are wise at heart, they're relationally healthy. Now, throughout the entirety of Proverbs, it's all about relationships with others, relationships with stupid people. Or I'll, I'll, let me use a bit more biblical word, even though stupid is in the Bible. Foolish people. How I many of you know? When you read through there, man. Don't be hanging around the foolish people. You try to help some of them; they'll just make it worse. I mean, you know. And and so our relationships with people who choose not to go the way of wisdom, our relationships with our with our parents, with our sons, with our daughters. You saw it over here in chapter 4. He said, "You know, when I was a little kid and I was with my mom and daddy, they taught me about things there was there was relational health." And let me tell you something. The, wh- the wise in heart will do whatever it takes to be relationally healthy with others. They do not leave things out there uh, that are harmful or hurtful. They don't, they don't create problems with others. They, they are healing uh, to circumstances and situations. And by and large, their relationships are healthy. Even with their enemies, they have a healthy relationship with their enemies. They're just all around relationships relationally healthy. I'm not hacked off at my boss. I'm not hacked off at my brother. I'm not um, uh, uh, offended at at my my next door neighbor. I'm these things don't come. Hey, I've got God's wisdom in my heart and and I'm going to be relationally healthy because the Word of God teaches me that I can be right with God and man and I can be looked upon not only by God with honor, but by with people with honor, if I have the wisdom of God in my life. That's a snapshot of healthy Christians who are wise in heart. They're healthy. Everybody say healthy. Number two, uh, the wise in heart are happy. Everybody go, where's, there's Rebecca. She's got happy, happy, happy on her T-shirt. Let me tell you something. Wise people are happy people they're rela- they're they're emotionally healthy but look in chapter 3 verse 13 it says this happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding happy i just te- let me just tell you can i give you a little simple illustration everybody still with me i had this little cheap generator not generator uh compressor that i bought it's a little small one a little compact one it's got pretty portable i have two uh at, at this little small hit quick compressing and there's, no, there, there's nothing to them. And so uh, I thought, you know, I'm just either smart enough or silly enough to think I can fix things. And so I took it all apart, and I kept looking at it. There's a little piston in there. And I, and I thought, hmm, I kind of looked at it and piddled with it. And I couldn't see anything wrong. and So I thought, maybe i just jiggle it around here. And I put it back together real quick, and, and it still, it'd run, but it wouldn't compress. Man. There, there's nothing to this. How can this not be? And, and I don't know that I asked. Maybe I did. I, you know, I, Lord, what's the deal here? And I just pulled it apart again. I pulled the little the little face of this this piston area, and there's a little plunger thing on a spring. A, I've I got my little pin uh, kind of pokey thing, and I and it was it was hard. And all of a sudden it went click, and it started. It's, it was a little spring loaded uh, uh, valve, and I thought whoo that sucker's going to compress now i put it all back together man it took off i went happy is the man who gains wisdom and the man who finds understanding a lesser man would have thrown it in the dumpster but not me hallelujah i took it apart and i stayed with it and god with my hey what did we talk about hey god help me get the victory through my hand amen Happy, happy, happy on any level. Look in verse 18. It says this. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. Amen. The wise and hard are healthy. They're happy. And then number three, they're holy. And In chapter 7 and, and many other passages, uh, you know, chapter 7 is about... The same kind of thing, write them on the tablet of your heart and, and, and use, use wisdom in every area of your life. Verse 5, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words In other words If you've got God's wisdom in your life If you've if you treasured the commands And, and, and kept the, the commands uh, And the law as the apple of your eye And you bind them on your fingers And write them on the tablet of your heart And say to wisdom You're my sister And call understanding your nearest kin They will keep you out of trouble And you'll stay holy and right before God Are you with me? Number four the wise in heart are honorable, and they're honored. Verse 16, chapter 3, says this. Verse, yeah, verse 16, chapter 3. Length of days is in her right hand, in her, and in her left hand are riches and what? Honor. It's an honorable thing. We honor God, and we're honorable. As we gain God's wisdom in our life. And then as we've talked about the wise and hard are humble. Proverbs 11 verse 2. We've read it before, but slip over there. Proverbs 11 verse 2. A good man obtains favor from the Lord. Oh, this is the one I messed up on. Proverbs 11. Oh, here it is. 11 verse 2. I was in 12. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is what? Wisdom. You see, the wise in heart are a humble heart. And then finally, the last characteristic of the wise in heart that I'll just give you, I'm sure there are many, many more, they're harvesters. I love this passage of Scripture. I'm sure it could mean a lot of things, but I know what it means to me. Proverbs eleven thirty says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, And he who wins souls is what? Is wise. He who wins souls or brings souls is wise. That's the that's a snapshot of the wise in heart. They're healthy. They're healthy spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, relationally. They're happy. They stay holy. They honor and are honored. They are humble and they're harvesters. They care about others and their eternity. That's a little snapshot. In all of our getting, we need to get wisdom. Amen. Amen. In fact, I believe tonight as we close out officially this Wisdom Wednesdays, There's people right in this room In a quandary God will give us wisdom You know I don't mind sharing with people What I think about circumstances I had one of my Facebook friends who's an old Church member She's been following me on This wisdom devotional She sent me A little message about something in her family And what should I do? And I didn't have enough to give her much, uh, but I thought, well, you know, I'm going to give her something from the Word of God. So I just paused a little bit and found a couple of scriptures that that, that applied to her potential circumstance and situation. I don't, I don't mind doing that. I, I enjoy being able to help people, but let me tell you something. Uh, uh, i I may not have the answer. Nobody on planet Earth may have the answer for you, but God does. And I love what Pastor Ron said. He he says, you can come out of a hole in a hurry. When you get the combination, you can come out of a hole in a hurry. When you get the wisdom and guidance and the direction and the instruction and the correction of God in your life, You can come out of a hole in a hurry. You can can make great progress in your journey through life. You know, we're given an opportunity February 13th and 14th, is that right? Or 12th and 13th? 12th and 13th. For us to gain God's wisdom about our marriages. And I guarantee you, These people know more than you and me and all of us combined about what it takes to have a healthy marriage. And so, even if you're not married, you may know someone who does. You can, he who winneth souls is wise. Amen? Just all kinds of ways to gain God's wisdom. Everybody love the Lord, say amen. Amen. Now, tonight as we close, it's... you know, there's two things, that, two ways of looking at, at projects. All's well that begins well. That's true, but you can not begin well and still finish well. All's well that finishes well. It beginning's great, but how many of you know? When in fact, I shared this little thought. Uh, I think on one of my little videos, the 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 most highly viewed. Uh, journey January journey through the Proverbs devotional. Anybody know the which one it was? We're in twenty seven right now, or whatever. Anybody know which one? Yes, ma'am. The first one. And after the first one, it fell off at bad. It, I mean, it fell off. It, it probably at least half or less. Now, the, it could be because of content. I understand that. I get it. I'm, I'm, I understand. But it also can be because. But some people, I just I don't. We just don't finish well, or, or we start and then we don't finish. Hey, let's finish this month with just a few days. Let's let's heat it up, asking God for wisdom, especially for the quandaries of life, for our future, uh, uh, and just and just just uh, finish out January, really gaining God's wisdom in every area of our life. Are you with me? Amen. And then let me just tell you where we're going. Uh, next Sunday I finish up the shift series uh, and then we're going to have uh, the uh, February 7th is uh, getting the game Sunday and so we're going to have a great time coming your, in your favorite sports attire. If you don't have sports attire, uh, borrow one from your brother or your sister or something. Don't, don't be a fuddy-duddy. Look at your neighborhood. Don't be a fuddy-duddy. Don't be a fuddy-duddy, uh, and uh, and we're going to have a great time and an opportunity for us to up our game and get in the game uh, when it comes to ministry, and then, beginning after that, let me tell you where we're headed as far as a Sunday morning and, and Wednesday night emphasis in February. Uh, God spoke to me through the counsel of my... I, me, I told you all about meeting, having breakfast with the three wise men, uh, and uh, man, they just revelation, wisdom, exploding off the pages. Uh, and I came away with, a, with our next emphasis. It's making heaven happy. We all spend our life trying to get happy. Make the, really, the folk, we need to just make sure heaven's happy. It's Your happiness is secondary to heaven's happiness, at least secondary. And if you're a man, you're at least third down the pike, I'm telling you. Because uh, if mom ain't happy... And nobody's happy. <laughs> but but we've got to make heaven happy. We've got to make heaven smile. We've got to learn how to please God and make Him happy. Make Him smile over us. And, and I'm convinced that a lot of us uh, uh, don't really think about the, whether or not God's happy with us or not. And what it is that makes Him happy. I can think of one thing that's going to be our real emphasis that what makes heaven happy. You know what heaven does when one sinner gets saved? They get really happy. And if we want to make, as a church, make heaven happy, we've got to get more, pe- more for heaven, less for hell. That's what makes God happy. So there's my little uh, insight to the future. Let's stand up together. I wanted us to do something. Now, this is a little odd. This might be a little odd. Put your, can you put your arm around somebody here rather than hold their hands? You've got to put your arm around each other. If you don't know the person, just say, Excuse me, but I'm just obeying the preacher. All right. All right. There you go. There you go. Lord, we gather together and we take hold of one another. We thank you for one another, Lord. We thank you for our family. Help us, Lord, walk in the wisdom of God for our lives and for our families. Help us be what we just shared about the wise and hard, healthy and happy and holy and humble, Lord God. Father, and all those things, may they begin to operate in our lives and in one another, Lord Jesus. And Father, as we move forward, help us to make heaven happy every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, every Monday and every Tuesday, Lord. Let us learn to make heaven happy. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Love somebody.